Well, I am so thrilled to have you here for Lady Red Live, the podcast, season two. I'm your host, Kylie Fisher, aka Lady Red, and this is Ship to Shore. This season, I talk with my friends from the cruise ship industry who have literally had their worlds turned upside down. We chat about ship life, crew life, traveling the world, and of course, the pandemic that we are literally living through right now. I believe that their stories need to be heard, and I'm so thankful that each and every one of them have entrusted me to share their journeys. And if you're not already following me on the gram, head over to Lady Red Live. And in the show info, you can find out more on who was on the episode. All right, guys, let's get the show on the road. This is Ship to Shore. Welcome again to another episode of Lady Red Live. You are not your talent, season two, Ship to Shore, where I am interviewing all my amazing friends from around the world on where are they now. Today, I am with one of the coolest cats that I've met on the big seas. He is from Colombia, which is just epic because as you guys have probably been listening, it's been England or America So this is epic that it's like a whole nother country. I'm so excited for this chat with a wonderful friend. He is pretty much been on the Australian ships as an acoustic soloist. He also has a great show that he would do in the the main lounge as well. So we're going to chat a lot of things today. So can we please welcome to the show the one and only Juan Jade, a.k.a. The Hitman. Hey. How you doing today? Hey, Lady Red. <laughs> uh, well, uh, first and all, thank you for spelling right uh, the uh, name of my country. Everybody say like Colombia or whatever. It's Colombia. You did it perfectly uh-huh. well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well um, here at home. It's been raining the last two weeks here in Bogota. It's quite cold. It's quite opposite for mm. where you are. <laughs> we we are just changing uh, from like windy spring and now we're shifting into summer. So we had a nice thunderstorm last night and but it kind of was just here and gone. It wasn't like it did any mad things. It was just here and it was nice to sleep to the rain and then it was gone this morning. But yeah. I was going to try and say Bogota or Bogota. Yeah. I was right. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that one's tricky. Like I get Bogado, Bogota, Bogo, Bogo, whatever. It's Bogota. Awesome. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you did the homework. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's so good. Well, well, let's let's uh, let's begin and you know take take a bit of a, a moment and share with the listeners um, how you began on cruise ships. Like what was maybe going on prior to that. Um, yeah, like and you, as we said, I met you out of the Australian ships that I were on. So any of those beautiful experience, experiences that you've had over the years, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been years now, like around five years already. Um, well, what can I say? I started working um, for the Australian Cruise Lines um, as a duo. Uh, actually, I had no interest at all. In working on cruise ships, but I had a very good friend of mine here in Bogota who was working for several years in in Australian waters, and he had like a one or two year break, and then he was requested for a duo, and he asked me to join him, and then we made the addition, and yeah, that was it, and I started working. My first contract, I believe, it was the longest one. It was nine 
month contract because we got extended. I don't know how many times. Yeah, but that was the that that was a a hard experience for the first, for a first timer. Wow, nine months. Uh, were you on? Do you remember back then? Like, did you at least go to see different destinations a lot, or did it end up just becoming a repeating pattern? Yeah, I I I I pretty pretty much made almost all the destinations, like the common destinations in Australia in those nine months. And we were transferred uh, from one ship to another. So we were in total in two, two ships in those nine mm -hmm. months. For the listeners who uh, you might not know about Australian ships, but as you know, Australia is pretty far away from the rest of the world. So sometimes you could be on a 13, 14 day cruise, but it takes you three days to get to your first destination. So as a performer, that means that the night one, night two, night three is pretty hardcore. And then at the other end of the con at the other end of the itinerary, the same thing, two or three days at sea. And sometimes the ocean is savage, like, I've seen drummers fall off their stool. <laughs> I remember being on at the Blue Room with a band and my drummer had to keep getting his cymbal because it just, you just like, oh my be, and just pulling it back. So I ended up sitting on a stool next to him and just like trying to hold, hold the hi-hat up. <laughs> yeah, you have to have quite like some skills for... <laughs> For that yeah yeah in all your travels um did you have a favorite place a favorite destination that you really loved well i actually uh, just been once to new zealand and i went to i i believe i did the whole uh, like the longest new zealand cruise um the fjordlands i remember mm -hmm. the fjordlands that's my favorite ever i just did it once but i would love to come back as many times as possible. Is that the one where you're you're we're sailing through and it's like the cliff face on either side and it's exactly it's yeah so there's a lot of waterfalls and, and stuff. Yeah. When we went through um the the mist the fog was so low that we couldn't see anything and then it began to lift and it was like where are we? Yeah. Yeah, it happened to me just like that. Like it was like oh I'm seeing Jesus is coming out of the sky right now. I was thinking was, Lord of the Rings, like Gollum was going to be like. <sighs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty much Lord of the Rings. And and actually I did the Hobbiton stuff. Like I, I like the Lord of the Rings. So I try to do all these um, attractions, like points of interest for Lord of the Rings mm. lovers. And from going back to performing, so you did your duo. And then was there a stage where your duo partner was like, they didn't want to come back. And so you decided to go solo. Tell us about that. Exactly. Um, he, he decided he wanted to get married and he moved to New York. So, um, well, he was already doing this cruise uh, work for many years. It was just my first contract. And I said, okay, I asked the company, can I go as a solo? And um, they said, yeah, of course. So I started working as a one-man band, uh, guitar singer. Sometimes I will switch to piano as well. I, I, I love to play piano, not, not as good as you, of course, but I, I love to, yeah, from, 
from time to time to do some uh, piano bar entertainer nights. Mm. And then uh, in my last contracts, I started making a, a queen show that was like a feature show. And I got to witness that show, people, and it is phenomenal. And it was really great because the show, I feel like, came out just after the movie Bohemian Rhapsody had been exploding. And so Juan was able to perform to pretty much a packed house every time they were able to put this show on and the band the sh so the show band everyone everyone was just so in their element in this show and as a um as a piano bar entertainer coming on for these shorter contracts it was always such a blessing for me to have seen your journey as well like to see oh my god I, I didn't know that you were in the show I just was going to the show thinking it was you know guest entertainers from from Sydney and then you walk out and I friggin I was camera camera frenzy I think I sent you them all and but I was just so yeah. proud of <laughs> how you guys had put a show together and it sat, it just was fantastic it was so great yeah 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 it was so great and um it was challenging in the beginning, but um, like, as you say, the, the guys from the show band stuff actually did this, their best work. And we also uh, had on the show some uh, the singers from the cast as well, uh, doing the backing vocals. Sometimes the singers from another duo like um, uh, Kevin. Yeah. 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 And Millie. And sometimes also guys from the from the from the party band as well. So there was a lot of people involved uh, during this uh, during the time that we put this show on stage. And well, at the end it was huge, like really huge. It, it grew, it grew and grew and grew, and it was it was a highlight mm. show at the end. Like the very last day I performed, the very last cruise, I get to do uh, the the queen show and the beatles show that was the beatles show i did it on my last uh, day at work on the wow. cruise ship so and and if you're listening um you know that freddie mercury has some pretty damn big chops you know vocal chops on him so we know that the one and only is this guy who could perform this show at full full voice hold on i just need to pause some Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so we're going to start talking about life on board a cruise ship and how you've managed that. Now, I'm assuming, Juan, I know that you have kids and you like you have been away for a long time throughout the last few years. I'd love to share with the listeners how that is for you as an adult, as a father, and, um, you know, from Colombia, Colombia coming to the other side of the world, in Australia, like the culture change is huge as well. Tell us a little bit about that journey and like if you ever felt like you um, experienced loneliness or maybe you're naturally an introvert so you don't mind being alone. Like share us a little bit of those stories. Well, for me, the hardest, of course, to be on a cruise ship like on the other side of the world where homies was, of course, being far away from my kids. Uh, I have three kids. One is now 21. I have a daughter. She's 12 and a little one who's eight. And well, all of them are, uh, have different needs and different uh, like needs for companion and stuff. So that was the hardest part. I well, and you know how the how the um, uh, Internet works on a cruise ship. So it's quite tricky to actually have a decent communication with them. 
but well, um, you just get used to it somehow. Like, as you said, everybody goes on a ship for a different reason. Um, I was quite, I was quite focused on what I wanted um, to 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 be on the ship, uh, especially of course to grow as a musician, as a performer, um, to save money that uh, I wasn't able to save that much here in, in working here in Colombia. Um, yeah, and working for for the future, but especially for me as an artist, as a um singer songwriter it was also the opportunity for me to be away from everything and have time to record my own stuff my my own albums and stuff so i pretty much like take advantage of all the free time that i had there so i was not very known for a guy that was spending a lot of time a lot of money on the crew bar or stuff uh, i was most mostly all the time like recording and, and and making new stuff and that that kind of keep me occupied and like that kind of free, that kind of free of my mind of like bad feelings and bad emotions and stuff so that's pretty much i'll handle it that's cool i remember um on one of our ships one of the bass players from argentina brought his tattoo kit and i got I got tattoos. NASA. Oh yeah. I think everyone, everyone on the company's got something by it. it. Yeah, I'm getting it done in the cabin. I think I paid him in beers. Like you know, you you're only a crew member if you have had a tattoo in your cabin. You know what I mean? Yeah. But actually he was my cabin mate. I never get a tattoo from him. <laughs> lucky you didn't have a drunken night and he tattooed you to some like just watching the parade of people (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) wake up in the morning with like a like a pirate thing on your face or something yeah a pirate thing that will be something nice (laughs) you know it could be Uh worse (laughs) yeah i really i remember because the company that we worked for out of australia is a smaller company and it means that there's less crew on board it was always really great when there was karaoke and different kind of theme nights within the crew bar because there was a sense of community with everyone which i really loved yeah and um one of our ships i think you would have been on it as well where the crew bar was the size of a shoebox. when everyone turned up that night it was epic because no one could move so you're like trying to get a drink and you're passing it down i think on one of my last nights on the smaller ship I remember um, my guitarist had ended up winning money upstairs. And so he just yelled, free shots for everybody. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure we bought like 500 shots. Like this is back in the day when there wasn't many rules, but geez, there were some great, you know, some great moments. And I remember the jams that we used to have um, where they put us on the spot and we'd all have to run to different instruments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I exactly. really enjoyed that on the as spot, well. And musical challenge. On the spot, <laughs> Most yeah. of the musicians hated that. <laughs> like, I enjoyed See, it. I, like, yeah. yeah. So did I. I would run to the drums and people would be like, what the heck? Yeah, Lady exactly. on the drums? Or just some made up, you just made up a song <laughs> in the moment or whatever. Yeah, but especially and I think for, for creatives. That yeah. was good for creatives. Like, it keeps our juices going, you know? Yeah, we for singers, get, it's easy, but mostly it was the show band musicians who didn't have a great time. Because uh-huh. a lot of them, are, they're like reading. They like to read. They're not really good at improvisation. Yeah, exactly. I know what you mean. 
um, that's really good that you were able to use your, use your time wisely because I feel you either go one or the other. You either come into a contract and you go to the gym and you try and keep healthy and you try to keep yourself moving forward or on the other hand, you hang out in crew bar too long and then you're too tired to go to the gym the next day. So, yeah. you know what I mean? I've had a few of those days and because we have no windows, I would wake up at three o'clock in the afternoon and be like... <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, but at yes. least as musicians they didn't have to start working at um, 8 a.m or whatever <laughs> exactly i'd usually go oh my gosh do i have a voice yeah i used to wear i used to wear um i used to wear earplugs to the crew bar so i could okay. hear myself talk yeah because like, yeah the worst thing about it is that you had to shout a lot you're yelling all the time and Yeah, the next day you don't have a voice for singing. Mm. <laughs> so true. I feel like I was always a wild child out of Australia. I think just because I was knowing that I was only home for a, a short amount of time, it was like, let your hair down. And now I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much time. <laughs> <laughs> and money. <laughs> And money. Beautiful. Okay. So this whole podcast, as we know, is about um, me being able to help my friends share their stories through this season of the pandemic and how and where we were when it all happened and how we've actually got through this season. I feel like a little bit of the season, we are coming to the other end of it. And I'd love to hear people's stories on how they have got through this season and I know it hasn't been easy for anybody and we've all taken it differently and Juan I am so excited to just open this moment for you to share where you were when it, everything happened and share your valleys through this time and and of course then coming out the other end and and uh like I just listened to your new album yesterday so you know I know that you've been you've at least been productive And I cannot wait to hear um, what you're about to share with us. Well, um, it's a long story. <laughs> it's quite a lot. I'll try to make it short. Like we were on dry dock in Singapore. Um, we were supposed to be there for 15 days, almost 20 days. It was my first experience in a dry dock. Uh, it was nice. We, we get to uh, know Singapore a little bit. But when this thing started, um, we were supposed to come back for a, um, I, I don't remember, 15-day cruise uh, back to Sydney from Singapore. Uh, we have to go back to Sydney uh, with no passengers whatsoever. So when we arrived Sydney, uh, we were allowed to make the last cruise for me. It was a three-day cruise. And, and in the middle of the cruise, the captain said, We were supposed to go to Eden, but we didn't make it to the port. The captain says uh, that we had to go back to Sydney. And that was my last, uh, as, I, as I said before, that was my last performance. And it was a really good uh, cruise for me. Like I could feel how I was, how I was, how I was growing and I was headed to uh, something bigger and bigger. And then everything shut down. And then, well, I have to leave all this. I have to leave all the experience um, coming out of the Ruby Princess scandal and stuff. And we, as you know, uh, were expelled from Australian waters, so we had to to start sailing in the first days, like with no destination. 
it was all uncertainty, it was all frustration, it was all like disappointment. And finally, we get to uh, Manila Bay in Philippines. Then uh, for me, it was almost 90 days in total of waiting to go back home to be repatriated. And well, you can imagine uh, the roller coaster of emotions that you can live in those days. Especially for me, it was kind of disappointing and frustrating because I was seeing all my colleagues live, all my team workers, like basically the whole entertainment department left. And I was the only one with the guys from Indonesia uh, left behind. And the last day, the, the day that I could finally go back home, it was the same day that they could just join another ship and go back to Indonesia. But yeah, it was like, wow. At some points I was like losing it, like really losing it. And, and also getting the, the news from other ships where people were taking uh, their lives, jumping into the ocean in the middle of desperation. It was like so, so, so... Um, it was a huge pressure for, for all of us. With, with being in the Philippines, um, I just want to ask because a lot of my friends uh, on another company were at, in like American waters or around there. And so the, the laws for them were that they had to stay in their cabins for 23 hours a day. They had to go to food at an allocated time. And then they only had an hour of exercise and fresh air per day. So they were living in, I would say, worse than a jail, like a prisoner, right? Yeah. Um, it's just what it is. They couldn't do anything about it. It was just the laws that they were getting implemented from American border security. It was it the same for you guys out of like in the Philippines, or did you have a bit more freedom? In our in our ship, only the Philippine citizens, the Philippine crew, were the ones who had to be isolated, completely isolated. They have to. In the beginning, it was supposed to be uh, fourteen days, but at the end, they spent more than forty days. Uh, isolated on their cabins because there was always a delay about when they will be disembarking and stuff. So the rest of us, especially the entertainment department, will make any activities to to try to keep them uh, happy and mentally held. Um, we will create a, a radio station inside the inside the ship and it was it, it was lovely um to share with them like yeah it was it was kind of frustrating but in the end it was it was amazing to to see all the all the team effort that we put together to try to keep everyone like good in a good in high morale and well we were lucky not to have any any cases of 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 covid on the on the ship which was quite good i i know different experiences from other people that were actually like you mentioned it was quite like a jail but yeah we we managed to 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 help these these guys from philippines until the day they finally could leave the ship okay and then you get back to colombia um share share us your journey from of course getting home and and to now really well the thing about about it is that um I was the only Colombian on the ship and there was maybe 10 more in all those ships that were like docked in the Manila Bay. 
So it was kind of uh, tricky because, well, you hear the captain announcement every day speaking about all the people, but but us. So I have to start trying. Trying. There was a point where I said, "Okay, I will open my mouth. I will." Well, I'm not a famous people person here in Colombia, but I, but I do have like some connections and stuff. So I start talking to the press. I start talking to some friends in. And it finally reached to vice presidency here in Colombia, and they mm -hmm. get to make the whole thing. So it was basically our own effort to to get the um, humanitarian flight from Brussels to Colombia. And in the last day, um, the whole operation was was falling down. And in the last minute, it was, there was a lot of phone calls and stuff. So it was like a um, humanitarian um, cause for us. So we, and it was so, the, the, the hardest thing, it was, for example, um, there were some people from UK that they were leaving uh, tomorrow, but uh, they, they get to go out of the ship and stuff. And once they get to the airport, they lost the flight and they come back here. And it was all the time those stories. So you would get more frustration, more frustration. In the end, I was lucky, like uh, my journey back home went smooth. I had to take like four different flights, but it, it was it was smooth after all. So I, I couldn't believe it. Like, I really couldn't believe it when I jumped in the tender out of the ship. Like, I was crying, really crying, like really crying. Like, um, yeah, and also knowing, also knowing that the the whole world was falling to pieces outside but i had no idea how it was so well finally i get to colombia i get to see my kids the first days of isolation here um i have to spend it alone but then well everything uh, there was a different story now back home it's another story but at least you're home yeah it's it's tough yeah. as well it's hard but at least you're home um with uh with with part of my family which at the time I was married to to uh, my ex-wife she's from Croatia and so I was like divided I I get to fly to Colombia but I couldn't fly to Croatia at the moment and that was a pretty complicated thing for me as well okay okay so we've been you've been home now for four four months uh, it's gonna be five months yeah I got here mid-june Okay. And then, so of course, it, being a ship performer, you either save your money or you have to send your money home to support family or you spent all your money on, on the ship and you're in a pretty bad situation right now. How has that been for you? Like, um, I know that we've connected in the past with how you were feeling like, uh, you know, how is the mental health and knowing that we don't know the, like the unknown of going back to work as an entertainer, that is who, that's what we love to do. We love to perform. We, we don't have this opportunity right now. How has that affected you and how have you been able to, to get through? Well, uh, for me, it's been, well, a blessing that at least I get to save some money. Like a lot of people that, uh, that, that I know here, also musicians, they didn't work since February. At least I got paid until uh, almost May, June. So you get to have some savings. But as, as you said, it, now the savings were gone and stuff and there's still no work. Um, so, well, I, I was blessed 
because I, I try to mm, manage my money wisely, but still like uh, you have to work. And right now it's, it's quite, it's been quite complicated to, to overcome all this, all this situation. Um, but at some point, I think like around September, I, I remember one night that I was like mm, next to my kid trying to sleep and I couldn't sleep. I just, just was scrolling my phone and then I saw uh, uh, some news about the standard pulse operating operations in, in, in cruise ship around the world and I realized, okay, man, this is not going to be, this is not going to last till the end of the year. It's going to last at least mid of the next year. So at that moment, I, I felt like the whole world like falling to pieces for me because I, I, I saw myself like losing everything, losing um, my home, losing my, my wife as well. And at that moment, I couldn't see my daughter because she was uh, in another town and there was no possibility of flying to Bogota. So it was just one night. I remember I, I wrote something very sincerely on my social media and wow, the support from everybody was amazing. Like it was so sincere, so open that a lot of people reached me and they offer help in many ways uh, possible. And it was nice. So it helped me clear my thoughts and actually take the uh, decisions that I needed to take. And well, um, a few weeks after the, the, the weather get clearer and, and yeah, we, we have to manage to, to solve the situation somehow. But yeah, it's been really tough for us entertainers and musicians to try to get along with life. And I want to like thank you for being that vulnerable on, on Facebook, on your social media, because it is a very tough place to be in and to then share that with your colleagues or share that with whoever's going to read that of course comes back to that person like myself and like other probably friends in the industry who reached out to you where we just feel empathy you know it's it's that compassion that empathy of okay i don't have that much either but i would rather help a friend to make sure that they're going to be okay because if I go to sleep tonight and I don't message that person and I find out in a week's time that something's horrible has gone wrong, I will never be able to live with the fact that I felt the spirit, I felt the empathy and I knew I had to just help as much as I could. Do you know what I mean? And I think the camaraderie that we have as ship crew members, that'll never leave. And I've seen a few other messages go up over time. And every time I see a message of it's, it's reaching out, it's like, okay, I am not okay. Yeah. It is okay to not be okay in this season. And to be honest and vulnerable, someone's going to come and, and help you out and can't like, you know, grab your hand and go, we're in this together. But you have to know that, just messaging someone or putting it putting it out there we are all going to come together and be alongside each other so i'm really grateful that i you know scrolled for that quick 5 minutes that night going to bed and i saw your your saw your post because i was compelled you know i was compelled to go juan what do you need i i don't have much but what do you need and i am so grateful that you know i was a part of that miracle coming through the other side for you yeah 
yeah, it was pretty like special for me. I cannot thank enough everybody who who messaged me, who offered help in whatever they can help. Some people will say, hey, if you want to talk, just let's talk. If you need psychological assistance, um, if you need some money, I can offer you this. If you need job, what can we do? And there were a lot of very special things. I believe that when I opened my mouth, when I was on the ship asking for help, I want to, I'm despair here. I need to go back home. Please help me. Is there any media? I understand the importance of Shout it out loud. If you really are in a in a difficult situation, you don't have to be shy to to ask the universe for for help. And then you find out that you are not alone. That actually there's a lot of people who cares. And like I was so impressed. I was so impressed. And that also made me uh, have the the value to go step forward and and open. Well, like the skies for me and and yeah go to the next step as i tell you before take the decisions that i needed to take and especially i had uh two chats with very special friends that helped me a lot to understand that most of that of that i was like um concerning about things that were just like on my mind like on a future that may not be the future that i'm thinking and and also, like I've been following you, uh, the all your journey through your inside journey, your and and also you're trying to share that, and it's been really helpful as well. I think these days, this particular year, it's been a key, a turning point for for most of us to try to get back inside and 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 fix and just fix those things and try to meet again ourselves like hey nice to meet you this is me and okay we're fucked up but okay let's 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 walk together that's exactly what happened for me Juan I I you know was on my parents farm watching kangaroos and wombats like you know I'm going from the city slicker cruiser to being in the middle of nowhere and I had to pause I had to just allow myself to go I don't know how long this season's going to go for um but being so optimistic within life like I just went well I've always encouraged my friends I've always been one to inspire others so maybe now's the time to shift gears I have to tell you there was days where I am you know in my garden doing a video and that little inner critics going yeah but what about your friends who are stick up, still stuck on a ship they're just they're they're not getting inspired by you they're just like being upset and i had to delete those thoughts because i know at the end of the day at least if i could affect one person with some good energy maybe that would be the one thing that got them through that day so i had to delete that energy you know um but yeah, so true. It's been this, like as creatives, we, we just keep going. We just keep going. We have a problem. We go, we'll do with it or we'll sing through it or we'll write a song about it. But actually coming back to the core of who we are, you're right on it. Like I messaged someone this morning and said, you know, I am now the person that I have always wanted to be, that shining light, that energy. And I've been able to 
take off those layers of the hard Kylie or the person that I, I gave off as I was this hardcore Aussie and I didn't have feelings, but it was all a shell yeah. to cover me up from being hurt. And I've been able to let go of all that and be, be raw and real and honest. And I feel like this is who I was always wanting. That was who I was always supposed to be. And now I can be that person and still be the performer. Like it's both worlds. It's amazing. Even if you don't know the people, like you said a couple of days ago, like be a good stranger. That's, that's, that's really, that's really good because yeah, sometimes we, of course we try to like create a shell, like a wall around us and be brave and stuff, but we are human. And well, one of the greatest things as well of, of shouting out loud, all those emotions and made them visible was not only the people who tried to help me, but the people that I helped by saying those things. Like there was a lot of people also calling me in tears saying, I feel just the same. Uh, thank you for saying this because I feel totally like uh, it's like a mirror is uh, the words that you said and 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 it's amazing it was it was a breaking point but it was also a turning point so uh, mm. when you cannot get lower than that and when actually like for myself i said okay i may be losing my marriage i may be losing a lot of things my work whatever but uh, i know what i have i know i'm not alone and especially for me my kids they deserve me to be in the best way possible, like even me in the middle of this craziness that we're living right now. Mm. That's beautiful. Tell us about your new album. I've actually been, I was doing content yesterday, so creating ideas for my social media and I just had your vibes in the background and I was like, this is cool. Like if I owned a cafe, this would be like the cafe music. This is epic. So you get the right, the right uh, idea for the album. Uh, like I've been part of rock bands. I've been doing cover songs. Like actually, I also recorded two cover albums. Uh, but I always wanted to, like, I enjoy very much when I'm on the beach, uh, contemplating the ocean. This background music, I love that kind of music. That is not, it's not like um, not too much of a lyrics of a stories, but the sounds, the music, and also uh, this album uh, that is called Loungebox. And it's like a war of games because it's a lunchbox. Like there is a lot of food inside the the lunchbox. So, um, and it's uh, it can it can be a companion in different levels. Like you can have a, a yoga session, or you can be on a cafe listening to it, or you can actually get some headphones and just try to be uh, on an immersive uh, experience because there is a lot of uh, sounds and stuff. And it's been great. Like I recorded this album uh, mostly on board. Like most of the things that were um, on the album are 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 ideas that I I started uh, recording like five or six years ago. But it was during this last six months that I finally get all together. And, and it's like a journey around the world. It's got things around uh, Latin stuff, but also Asian. stuff stuff like a lot of arabic stuff and it's a mixture and well as you said it is it, is a good company is it's a it's a it's a good background album as well which i find fascinating i don't 
as sometimes says, oh, this is like for, for backing, it's not for listening that, that much attention. I find that attractive as well. So yeah, it's, it's called Loungebox and you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, wherever. I love it. I'll yeah. pop it in the, in the brief on the, on the podcast as well. It's so cool. Yeah, like I enjoy like a little bit of atmospheric music in the background when I'm working. Um, but there was some times yesterday where I was like, the Latin stuff would come on and I was like, okay, I need, exactly. okay, I need to pause. I need to pause. I'm in an element right now. And then I press play. Again. <laughs> hey. Yeah, there, there are tunes for different moments. And well, especially for me, it was also this exercise, like um, I, myself as a musician, well, I get to listen a lot of music all the day, but uh, with the years, I stopped listening uh, rock stuff or I just try to put some playlists of random music uh, on the background and I enjoy very much that. Mm. So it, it was also like trying to be in that in that um, direction. Because mm. sometimes what we, what our performance is for you, rock, you know, pop covers, acoustic, and then stage rock. Like anytime we did the farewell party, you would be smashing out some hackadaka or what would you... What would you sing? <laughs> uh, uh, more likely, I will sing uh, Sweet Shallow yeah. Mine. I will sing also um, Satisfaction. What's the one that was like 14 yeah. minutes long and yeah, the end forever? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's um, uh, this one, Proud Mary, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like that's, we have that, that, that performance side of us and then I'm a little bit like you where that's not right now what I'm creating for music like at the moment for music I'm creating um like motivational spiritual freedom music and it's kind of weird because you would think well you'd write pop wouldn't you but no I've really shifted this gear of like this inspiration of course has been taken in and now it's coming out of me as my creative juices as a sick as a songwriter and it's really cool to feel that difference yeah yeah, so there's some connection there, yeah. Like, I, I grew tired of just, like, uh, the music that is all the time sending you a message uh, or party or love stories or whatever. Um, I try to let the sounds uh, speak for themselves. Awesome. So excited. Anyone listening, go jump on The Lounge Box, a.k.a. Lunchbox. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> so cool. Well, before we wrap this up, Juan, why don't you uh, give, if you have three tips for any entertainers out there who would be wanting to go and work on a cruise ship in the future, of course, when everything gets up and running, three tips that you feel like has helped you along the way? Well, it depends a lot on which position you have, but I guess the, the, the main thing is just about engaging with the, with the people, with your fellow uh, co-workers and, of course, with the guests. It's, it's, it's all about it. Like, um, try to get in touch and touch the hearts of the people. That's the most um, valuable thing, I, I guess. And that's actually what, what guests will remember. They will remember those who uh, shot a little bit and try to know a little bit about you and them to um, know you as well. Um, yeah, also, well, it depends on what you want to do on a cruise ship, but I will be, what I will say, just save your energy 
because uh, for me it's been like quite helpful. I, I I wouldn't be able to do that if I wouldn't save my energy and well party time is great, but I I just choose the right time to do it. If not, I wouldn't be able to do it. Also because I'm not 21 anymore. <laughs> um and get the best out of it yeah if you're if you are able to go out and well i don't know i don't know how to speak about it now because i don't know how it's gonna be in the future but if you're able to go out and try to see the most you can of the world that's the most amazing mm. one of the most amazing things to do i love that you said having impact on people i literally last week was at a woolworth so like a supermarket here in the suburbs like i was visiting a friend so i was in like where lots of people like a neighborhood and i went in to get a bottle of wine to take to my friend's house and um the guy behind the counter was like are you a singer on a cruise ship and i'm like what the heck and i'm yeah yeah <laughs> i do you play piano and i'm like yeah he's like holy shit! me and my wife would sit at your bar every night on such and such shit." what the heck are you doing here? And I was like, wow, that was a good two, three years ago. And he just heard my voice and this memory just came back. Wow. And I walked out of there and was like, okay, that was random. Like here I am in a new city in Queensland, in a neighborhood, in a Woolworths and a guy recognized my voice. And I was like, that, that is impact. Having that you can run, but you can hide. <laughs> Maybe if I move to an island, a seclusive island, I'll be, no, I wouldn't even survive there. Someone would be like, I saw you on a ship one time. I swear it would probably still happen. Yeah. Somebody from Vanuatu. Exactly. Or <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, like having impact on our, and, and on crew members as well, had the same thing happen where I've been on one ship for four years ago, seven years ago and they're oh, 10 years ago and then they see me at a bar in Cozumel and he points to me across the bar and he's like you were on my ship 10 years ago I'm like I don't remember you but they remember me <laughs> so you're always going to have impact you're always going to create someone to have a memory of you and I think that's really cool yeah and that's that's very special about us entertainers like we get to touch people's hearts well, there it is, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in again for another episode of Lady Red Live, the podcast, season two, Ship to Shore. And if you loved this episode, why don't you share it on the gram, share it on Facebook, share it on whatever you use and get the message out there because my passion is to get their stories heard. So until next time, guys, stay safe, be blessed. This is Kylie Fisher, a.k.a. Lady Red, and this is Lady Red Live, the podcast, Ship to Shore.